Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a conversation that's not too exciting so that you can just sort of drift off feel free to rate us on iTunes I am your host Marco Timpano I have a dear friend and a peer a colleague who's joining us I want to welcome Daniela Daniela I'm going to say your name wrong your last name Vascalic that's pretty close close very close what is your last name because Vlascalic Vlascalic and Daniela, I've known you for easily ten years. I think it is ten years. I can't even remember. I, every time I, I approach your name, I feel like I can't say it. And I've made so many jokes about your last name that it's the VL. It's it the scares VL. people. It's it, and I love that combination. Like I love the name Vladimir. Yeah. Yeah, because of the VL, there's something really delightful on the tongue and on the lips when you when you put certain consonants together. Um, but yeah, I'll, you know, I'm going to endeavor to say your last name correctly because I, I feel now that I'm doing it on my podcast, I actually feel a little bit embarrassed about it. <laughs> All right. I want to mention that today's show is sponsored by Casper Mattresses. And if you go to our URL, which is caspertrial.com slash insomnia, and you type in the code 50sleep, that's 50sleep, you'll get $50 off any mattress you purchase. Wow. Yeah, and they've got... Awesome products above and beyond mattresses. Like they've got this pillow, and a friend of mine just got the pillow, and she's raving about it. And I want to get it. I'm hoping to get it for Christmas. And essentially, Daniela, the pillowcase is a pillow. So picture like a a quilted pillowcase, mm-hmm. and then there's a pillow inside it. Wow. Yeah. And I'm just like all over that. So we should talk about the fact that we're currently in London. We are. And not London, England, which we've been together. But we've been there as well. (laughs) But we're in London, Ontario. And if you're not from this region of southern Ontario, or if you don't know Canada, it's in southern Ontario, Mm -hmm. kind of midway between Toronto and Toronto and Windsor, would you say? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not quite midway. Not midway. But it's a lovely it's a lovely city. Yes. And I think a lot of insurance happens here. I think so. Do you know that I lived here as a child for two years? Oh, I didn't know that. I knew that you were born in BC. I was born in Thunder Bay. You were born in Thunder Bay, but then yes. moved. I knew I knew you were born in Thunder Bay because when I went to Thunder Bay, I asked you about all the all the um, uh, Finnish pancakes That's that are right. there, right? Yeah, the pa- the pancake houses. And 
then I knew you were from Vancouver as mm -hmm, well. That's right. But I didn't know you spent any time here. What's that all I about? Did. Well, I, I lived here for two years. I went uh, grade one and uh, grade two I spent in London, Ontario. Oh, so what are your memories of this fine town from when you were in the first and second grade for American listeners? Or grade one and grade two for... Well, they two. have um, a beautiful park, actually. And in the park, they have a... Um, like a, like a little castle. And I remember as a kid, you could pay, I forget how much it cost, and you could go in through the, almost like a mini Disneyland. You can go in through the castle, and then on the other side, there were peacocks and oh, wow. swans and, you know, a couple of little rides and that kind of thing. And we always really wanted to get our parents to get us into uh, this sort of mini little theme park that was... Uh, in the middle of this, in the middle of this uh, really nice park. So, that was one thing that I I really remember. Wow! And they have really giant squirrels here. I remember that. Oh, really? The ginormous squirrels of London, or yeah. are they just ginormous because you were young at the time? <laughs> I think that might have been part of it. Okay, so I've asked you your memories of London, Ontario. Mm -hmm. What are your memories of London, England, when we went there? It's, it's the memory episode, it seems, here. I think it is. Well, I th I really enjoyed... Uh, we had a very nice dinner. That's right. At, um, I think it was called... Uh, it was named after a chef, a wasn't fame, it? Uh, quite a famous chef, uh, but we only discovered that because we saw all of his cookbooks lining the bookshelves. And he's so famous that we don't remember his name. I know. It was, it was like Wicks or something. Or Hiltz. It was like Hiltz, yeah, it was something. Something, and he was there sitting at the bar. Mm -hmm. But you ordered the most wonderful dessert, which I think was probably my favorite. We had a tremendous meal, and then... The waiter, who was French, yes, says to us with a French accent, what would you like for desserts? And we're like, oh, we couldn't possibly have dessert. We, we ate so much. He goes, our desserts here are fantastic. And I can't remember if he listed the desserts or he gave us a menu. He gave us a menu, and then you, which I, we thought was just ridiculous because we didn't understand what anything on the menu was. And it was all in English. So it was an English restaurant. Like we, Our waiter just happened to be French. So I think I said to him, what is a bramble? Because it was a bramble? Yes. That was, and he's like, it, was, it was a something bramble. Uh, yes. And I said to the waiter, what is a bramble? And he said, well, it's a cross between... Uh, do you remember what he said? A cross between a humble... Yes. He said it was a cross between a humble and a um, bramberry or something, like two things that I still didn't know. Yes. And I looked at, I look at Daniela and our boss, who are seated across from me, and they've and you've got blank eyes like you don't know. And I said, well, we'll have to have one of those. Then. <laughs> yes. And it was fantastic. It was. It was actually a really good dessert. I'll never be able to order it again because I don't know what it was. And for our UK listeners, if you know what it is, perhaps you can give us a better definition on our Twitter feed. Yes. Or or just write to us and explain to us what that is, and then I'll follow up by telling our listeners. That would be great. Yeah, because I feel... But I, I did really enjoy... And we went to that, the first, um, apparently the first pub. That's right. In London, England. And do you remember what it was called? It was in... Um, were we Cow's Mead? Like, no, that's that sounds like something from Harry Potter. <laughs> but we were at Cow's End. We were staying in Cow's End. Yes, we were. In an old stable an that had been converted into... A beautiful hotel. The Rookery. The Rookery. Oh, so it was a Rookery. It wasn't a, a stable, but it was a Rookery. 
Oh, right. That makes sense. Because yeah. it was called the Rookery. That was called the Rookery. And, and every room had the name of someone who... My room was called something like like the Henry the Henry Waynesburg room or something. It had yes. like, and there was a there was an oil painting above my bath. There was no shower; it was just a bath, and there was like That's this right. beautiful oil painting. And when I took a bath, I splashed all water on the oil painting, which I feel terrible about. But it was like, because oh. you know the showers or the baths in Europe, how they have a little shower head thing, yes. and for. Clearly, someone like myself who doesn't know how to function that I just splashed water everywhere. But it was a beautiful hotel, and now I'm con- probably confessing to a crime that happened at the Rookery when I <laughs> spilled water on this beautiful old oil painting. But we were in Cow's Head. That was, I think, the area of England okay. we were at. Yeah, it was pretty uh, cool. Yeah, I forgot. But that that was a great pub that we we found. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't even remember that pub so much. Did it have a really low ceiling? Yeah. At one point, like it was like. It did. Yeah. It did. Mm-hmm. It was a, that was a great trip. Though. Yeah, yeah. You just recently went on a great trip. I did. Because I was talking to you about flowers, and I said I want to do an episode that's about roses. Because I took a beautiful photo of, and I posted it on our Instagram of an October rose, and I find that the roses that bloom in the fall. There's something very vibrant and very stoic and pretty about them because they're facing this colder, harsher element, and so yes. they have to be more st- stronger, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. than a, a summer rose, which is, which are beautiful roses, but they tend to be more delicate, whereas an October or a fall rose tends to be hardier. I love roses. Oh, I didn't know like that. Like I'm, I'm one of those people that um, I really, I still, I think they're my favorite flower really yeah i i just think they're so elegant and the only thing that bothers me about roses is that they don't smell anymore right do they used to smell yes yeah oh and they've been bred not to yes oh why is that well i think it's because it's overpowering and I i think also they've bred them to not have thorns oh so they've um, done all of these things to roses. Right. I mean, I think there probably are some varieties sure. that do smell. Because I love roses. rose water. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of perfumes that have rose smell. And you can get, like, what are those things called? They're, like, little drops that you put on it. Like a little... Like essence? Yeah, like essence. Rose essence has a, a very distinct smell, which right. is the smell of rose. Yes, I, I think roses are beautiful. I mean, I love that you people can also breed them so you can have your own special rose right because some roses are named after famous people or horticulturists and what whatnot that was similar you were just talking about the trip i took uh when i was in singapore okay i went to the orchid garden wow in the um because singapore has uh this beautiful uh garden that's a world unesco heritage site and part of that is the orchid area and they have all these varieties of orchids that I've never seen before. But they also have a section where there's orchids that have been specifically bred and named after famous people. And wow. Jean Chrétien really? has an orchid. And what does that describe that orchid? It's actually quite dark. Okay. It's um, a bit of a darker orchid. I'd mm-hmm. probably say it's got sort of reds and, and blacks okay. in it. But it's quite, it's like quite a soul. powerful... <laughs> yes, it's a very strong orchid. It's not okay. a delicate um, one like some of the other 
famous orchids. Of course, Princess Diana has one right. and uh, a lot of other. Was there uh, an orchid that struck you that you were like, oh, wow, this is a, a, this is a really unique or beautiful orchid or this really sort of speaks to me that was named after someone or one that you remember? I think the one that I really loved was these orchids that kind of grew up on vines. Oh, wow. So it was almost like a vine. And then there were orchids that were that grew and were kind of hanging almost like tulip orchids. Wow. It's they were really it's mm-hmm. quite a, a stunning, stunning place. Are you familiar with the lady slipper? It's a flower that grows yes. in. And I, I want to say it's the provincial flower of Newfoundland, but I could be wrong. I think that's in the orchid family. Is it? Yeah. And I think vanilla, vanilla is in the orchid family as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I love, I think vanilla you can get two ways. One thing I should tell you, Daniela, is that everything that's said on this program is not said by me with any sort of expertise. It's just conjuncture and what I I think think I remember. I think I miss that from society. Do you? You know, because now if you just kind of wonder about something, you could just make it up or pretend to know or act like you know. That's half half of what I do on this particular program. But now you just, people just pull out their phones and Mm. Google everything and get the facts. Let me ask you this. If I was to breed a rose and it would be the Lascalic, did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Rose. Yes. What would it be? What would be the attributes that you would like in the rose that's named after you? Well, um, I like the roses that have a lot of petals. Okay. So I don't know if they're like a double rose or do you know what I mean by yes, that? Yes, I do they're, actually. They're really f- full almost. Mm-hmm. And as, as you say this, I'm going to pull up the photo that I put on our oh. on our Instagram so you can see. And I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Please continue. I think I really like those roses. I would like it to have a smell. Um, so if that was possible to bring that back. Like a rose scent? Like yeah, you like the scent that. of a rose, mm-hmm. you know. And I think color-wise, I I think I'd almost like um, like a... Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Is that what you mean by like a full rose? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's the October rose. that, okay. and, it, and you can go to our Instagram the insomnia project and you'll see the rose that we're talking about but anyways yeah so it's it's i don't know it's it's a hard yeah it's it's i don't know if there's a proper Mm. probably there is and color wise um i don't think red i think something that's you know almost but but a vibrant color almost like a like a a fuchsia or something that's that really pops you know not not a pale rose but a, a, a brilliant color all right. I want to mention that you are a very talented actor, a fantastic playwright, a great producer, and um, just a fantastic colleague to be around when we're doing performances and whatnot. Um, what is the roses that you would want delivered on your opening night to you? Do you prefer white roses, yellow roses, mm. pink roses? What's the color? Do you want 12? Would you rather have 24? No, I think um, I think I would like 12, 12? probably. And I would definitely like um, probably in the pinks, something in the pinks. Oh, that's cool. You know, some something in the... Long stem or would not matter? Long stem. Okay. Yeah, something in that, that bright that bright color okay. or something that you you take notice of so anyone who's listening when you see Daniela in a show 
those are the roses that, that she wants. I once, so years ago I was at the Vatican. Yes. And I went to their gift shop and I bought a rosary that was made of rosewood that had a rose scent to it. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That's amazing. And I'm not, I'm not someone who, you know, is particularly religious or mm. I don't say the rosary. But there was something about that. And you do not have to be religious to go to the Vatican or any no. place of worship. If, in particular, if there's a museum attached, it's a really awesome place to go to. But I, th- this, this rosary really spoke to me. So I bought a couple and I gave them to a couple of friends who I thought would appreciate it. And they were all like, I've never seen this before and I haven't seen it since. Wow. The Vatican mm. is an amazing place the Vatican I've been to the Vatican Museum once Mm -hmm. and the Basilica once it's pretty both times it was I've been many times and only once did I ever have it's not called an audience but the Pope came out and did a did a mass and that was really an awesome experience yeah I had that Mm -hmm. experience once as well um but you know I do love rose gardens I'm gonna ask you more about rose gardens yes right after I tell you about Casper mattresses because I feel like I kind of was going to talk more about them and I didn't and now is my moment where I'm going to just keep people in suspense with rose gardens and tell you that uh, one of the things I love about Casper mattresses is that you have a hundred days to use the mattress and if it's not the mattress for you then no questions asked they'll take it back and all is all is done. Have you seen their ads on the subways, on the TTCs, or no. you know, up up above? How yeah, they yeah. Have like, well, they have some fantastic ads. Um, I can't. I always look at them, and they sort of the theme is a is a mattress, of mm-hmm. course. It's a, and it's like a cartoon drawing of a mattress, and then they have all these different types of people who the mattresses are good for. Of course, okay. it's for everyone. Sure. So they'll have the mattress for dramatists uh, and they'll have you know a bunch of actors sitting on a on the bed you know with a, a hamlet skull and then they'll right. have you know the the mattress for cat lovers and they'll have like a woman on the bed with like 20 cats right and there's just a, but there's a series of them so the entire train Panel. car okay is just you know and they're just really clever oh they're, man they're, they're really they're really really well done oh i really have to check this out yeah it's great i'm um friends of mine just bought the mattress oh. and they said one of the things that they loved about it was they have they live in a two-story house and they have to bring it upstairs and they were like it's never been easier for them because it's it's a box you bring it up you take it out you kind of you know remove the plastic so that it it takes shape and they're like it couldn't have been easier to receive the mattress to bring it up two flights of stairs they didn't damage their walls it's on their bed and they're having great night sleeps that's terrific but and you know it, you ta- it takes it takes you know i think it takes at least 30 days to really get used to your mattress because mattresses are different the last mattress we bought was a firm mattress mm-hmm. and we hadn't been sleeping on a firm mattress so it was difficult to get used to it. But then after after the 30-day mark, I think it's when you know if that's the mattress for you. I agree. Especially because if you travel a lot, which we both do, mm-hmm. you know, you spend a lot of time at hotels and, you know, it's always a bit tricky. You don't know what you're going to get. Are you going to get the mattress so that you roll into the middle? Right. And, you know, and so I think I, I'm just saying I agree with you that, you know, a week or a few nights or, you know, because you experience that on vacation. You need a month. 
Well, there you go. So if you're interested in getting a mattress, go to caspertrial.com slash insomnia. And if you're wanting to purchase it, 50 sleep. That's 5-0 sleep. Now let's get to the Rose Garden. You were going to say something about Rose Gardens. I just think they're fabulous. And, you know, you go to there's I know there's certain parks. Like if you go to Stanley Park in Vancouver, they have a section that's a rose garden. And if you go to, I think the Parliament buildings have a part that's rose, rose. gardens. And I always thought if I could, you know, have an amazing yard with gardens mm-hmm. that I would have a, you know, I would love to have sort of a proper English garden and mm-hmm. they always have of course a big ro- section of roses yeah. and I was thought but there's they they're really hard to grow apparently are they I think so in certain areas here's what I know about roses if you have rose garden and you have problems with aphids or any sort of pes- pesky little bug you should grow um, garlic between each row of roses really also when I was working in Italy and I was in Chianti, which is in Tuscany, and I was going through the vineyards in Chianti, they would plant a rose in front of each row of their grapes. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful to see wow. all these roses. And I, so I asked one of the um, people who worked on the, the vineyard, why do you plant roses in front of your vines? And they said, well, first of all, it's something that the Tuscans do, so you'll see it throughout Tuscany. But he said, he said to me that it's also, once again, the pests will go to the rows before they go to the, to the vines. So you can see what's going on in that row or in that section of your, of your vineyard based on how the rose is doing. Okay. Yeah, so it was really fast. It's fascinating how much the rose has played importance in our culture and in certain ceremonies and... Uh, I didn't realize they were a difficult flower to grow. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they've sort of lost their luster? You know, now that there's so many flowers and, um, you know, you don't see flower arrangers, sure. for example. Um, actually, speaking of Casper mattresses, a very good friend of mine, Casper, is a oh, floral designer. Really? It's bizarre. Oh, so but it's hello to Casper. <laughs> but I, I've noticed, I mean, I follow him on Instagram, but mm. I notice he doesn't use roses Roses. that much anymore and i don't know you know are roses like the carnation you know do people use carnations anymore Mm. they they were so popular Popular at one point sure now have they or are they coming back have they gone out of fashion and i think it's very indicative if you look at wedding photographs yes how prevalent roses are or not and i feel like i i feel like the calorie kind of has taken May, over. Yeah, has taken over. And maybe now it's out of fashion. Maybe now the calla isn't the flower of choice for weddings. Mm-hmm. But there's something classic about the rose. There's there something is. about the rose that's, that's symbolic, historic. A lot of literature has references to rose, like I think Shakespeare, mm-hmm. a rose by... Oh, the name of the rose, isn't oh, that a... Umberto Eco. That's right. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of, of symbolism in roses. One of the things that is awesome about a rose is it's a hardy flower, so they last long. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, you give roses because you can put them in a vase and they won't, if they're taken care of, wilt or... Well, it's very funny because I think my... I heard a, like an old saying once, one of those, whatever you would call them, where it said if someone gives you roses 
that doesn't love you, that they'll die oh, faster, wow. or they'll die the next. Oh, you know, I see. You know when the heads just kind of drop. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought that was very funny. So. I I love that every rose color means a different thing. Oh, I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do find it funny that yellow is jealousy, though. Right, because if you give somebody yellow, <laughs> so Daniela, if you. <laughs> If you get yellow roses after a performance, then you know that person was jealous of that you got the part. That's right. So no yellow roses. Although yellow roses are beautiful. I just oh, find I that that is just really funny. That's Amanda's favorite rose, is the yellow rose. Yeah. In fact, it reminds her of her grandmother, because I think that was her grandmother's favorite rose. So in her wedding bouquet, and for those of you who don't know, Amanda's my wife, and she's appeared on the podcast before. She had one yellow rose in the bouquet. That's beautiful. Yeah, a white, I can't remember, let's say Calilis. It probably wasn't, she'll get mad that I said it, but <laughs> whatever it was, there was one yellow rose in it. It was tulips. It was tulips with one yellow and rose. Tulips are beautiful, mm-hmm. too. I do love tulips. You know what? Flower, okay, so I think roses are great, and I think roses are the rose that, as a man, I would be happy to receive, because, you know, there's there's this long been this tradition that the man gives the woman the roses, and I think... I think that's a little bit silly in today's age. I think you can give anyone roses, and they don't necessarily have to be your sweetheart, but if they are, that's awesome. And if they're not, and you just want to say, hey, here's some roses for you. Thank you for whatever you did. Yeah. As a man, I think I would love to receive roses. And um, once again, because I, I feel like they're a strong, stoic flower, too. Mm-hmm. I remember one of our prime ministers, actually, Justin Trudeau's father, used to wear a rose on his lapel that's right. every time he was in Parliament. Anyways, there's something very classic about a rose. I do really like that when men do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't, well, I guess, not in fashion mm-hmm. or only if it's a wedding or a sure. special occasion. But I, uh, I really like that when mm-hmm. there's like a real flower in in the lapel. I once wore a pop, um, a poppy, a, a, a daisy, mm-hmm. on a dark suit, and I had seen it in a magazine, and it looked so striking a dark suit with a daisy. Yeah. I, I remember I was going to a wedding. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna wear a daisy, and it was really exciting it was really like wow this is really i really like the way it looked it looked really cool let's say but um yeah i love do you like rose flavored things like you know how uh, some sweets from the middle east often have rose flavors in them sometimes sometimes it's really overpowering i know because you have to i find with lavender and rose in culinary terms you've got to be very delicate with it because they can really overpower the the dish you're about to eat. I know, and I'm finding that this is perhaps becoming a trend sometimes in Toronto, especially mm. right now with truffles and duck confit. Yes. I, you know, I don't, I don't need that many truffles and duck. It takes, it seems to take away this delicacy, and it's suddenly it's duck confit poutine sure. and truffle poutine. It's every single thing has, and I kind of feel like that could happen with. You're talking about delicate flavors. You have like. you have to have a light touch with that, and I feel mm-hmm. like because truffles have become very popular and more accessible, that people are truffle oiling everything. <laughs> you know, I ran out of like I had problems with my car, so I just put truffle oil in the engine. <laughs> yes, yeah, you yeah, probably yeah. could. So it's crazy, but anyways, on that note, Daniela, I want to thank you, Daniela Lescalic. Yes, I'm gonna endeavor to say it. Nice. Correctly, Daniela, you were one of the first people when I was talking, when Nitty and I were talking about doing this as a um, 
art installation in Wee Blanche. You were one of our greatest supporters. Yes. And uh, we did. A, you did a fundraiser. That's right. And we did the Insomnia Project live at your fundraiser. And I was really worried that it, it that I was like, well, the purpose of it is to help people to lull them to sleep. And you were like, no, I think it'll be really interesting for the audience. And I remember you did this great cabaret, and right, and you put us like right in the middle. And I was like, oh, I hope we don't kill your cabaret. And it was a great experience. We did it live in front of an audience. So I want to thank you for that because it was such a tremendous experience for us. You're welcome. I thought it was really just a big hit. Awesome. It was, it was great. And this is great. And I'm really happy to be back on. Thank you. Well, I want to thank our listeners. If you've managed to make it through to this to the end of this episode, thank you for listening. Thank you to Daniela for being a part of our show today. As always, the Insomnia Project is produced by Drumcast Productions, and this episode was recorded in London, Ontario.